Hi, I'm Edwin. And I'm Andrew. Sound the battle cry. Two men, 15 minutes, eternal impact. Welcome to Text Talk. For the Lord, gird your armor on, stand firm, everyone. Rest Hello, Andrew. Hello there, Edwin. How you doing this morning? Uh, you know what? Better than I deserve. Well, that's true. You yeah. don't deserve much. <laughs> No, I don't. <laughs> None of us do. Oh, okay. Just throw that one back at me. That's fine. That's fine. All right. Galatians 1. That's where we are this week. We've read pretty much the first half of the chapter three times. Let's go yeah. ahead and read the last half of the chapter. Sounds good. So I've got Galatians 1. We are going to read verse number 10 through the end of the chapter. I'll be reading from the New King James Version today. For do I now persuade men or God? Or do I seek to please men? For if I still pleased men... I would not be a bondservant of Christ. But I make known to you, brethren, that the gospel which was preached by me is not according to man. For I neither received it from man, nor was I taught it. But it came through the revelation of Jesus Christ. For you have heard of my former conduct in Judaism, how I persecuted the church of God beyond measure and tried to destroy it. And I advanced in Judaism beyond many of my contemporaries, in my own nation, being more exceedingly zealous for the traditions of my fathers. But when it pleased God, who separated me from my mother's womb and called me through his grace to reveal his son in me, that I might preach him among the Gentiles, I did not immediately confer with flesh and blood, nor did I go up to Jerusalem to those who were apostles before me, but I went to Arabia and returned again to Damascus. Then after three years, I went up to Jerusalem to see Peter and remained with him 15 days. But I saw none of the other apostles except James, the Lord's brother. Now concerning the things which I write to you, indeed, before God, I do not lie. Afterward, I went into the regions of Syria and Cilicia, and I was unknown by face to the churches of Judea, which were in Christ. But they were hearing only he who formerly persecuted us now preaches the faith which he once tried to destroy, and they glorified God in me. I like that last statement, they glorified God in me. That, of course, as we read through the New Testament, is really the purpose of all Christian living, mm, is yeah. to bring glory to God. Yeah. And Paul is saying that what he is most excited about in all of this is that because of how God has used him, God has been glorified. Yeah. Not men. And I, I think that's important. It's not that men get glorified, because if the gospel he received came from men, mm -hmm. then the men would be glorified, which tells us something about this gospel. Paul's not supposed to be glorified because of the gospel, and the apostles are not supposed to be glorified because of the gospel. You're not supposed to be glorified because of the gospel. I'm not. Now, I do really love the fact that what God is going to do is share that glory with us in eternity. The glory that will be revealed in us is not worthy to be compared, Romans 8 says, with the suffering that we go through in this life, but it is God's glory that is at the head of that. One of the things I appreciate as Paul gives this background and backstory about where the gospel comes from, we get a sense of his own conversion and the power the gospel had in his life from being the one who was the persecutor of this for the sake of Judaism, no less, to now the preacher of this. I think that weighs a lot into the whole scope of the letter and trying to rebuff Judaizers. Uh, you know, if anybody knows Judaism, it's Paul. You know, he yeah. knows the ins and outs of it. Yes. But he's gone the way of the gospel. But secondly, to emphasize that this message, this gospel, 
came by revelation. It came from God. And that's so important in connection with what we discussed yesterday, the idea of anathema or accursed. If you're going to have this stringent judgment language placed upon it, I hope it's not the interpretations of men. I hope it's not the machinations of men or the fictions of men. If you're going to call in God's judgment and God's curse, it better be God's word, God's revelation. This all comes from God. We go back to Sinai. Mm -hmm. And what was Aaron's mistake on Sinai? Well, I mean, there's probably a few, but I, I think part of it was he was fearing the people. The multitudes are crying, you know, getting, the people are getting restless, right? Yes. The neighbors are getting restless, and they're kind of looking at him because he's Moses' brother, and he's Moses' spokesperson. Yes, and so he makes this calf, mm -hmm. and he pleases the people. Yeah. He pleases the people with this calf, and Paul is saying, look, I'm not like that. I'm not like that at all. I'm just, this is something I'm, I mean, I admit, I'm kind of thinking this as the conversation goes along. I'm trying to go back and look at some of what is said here. Yeah. Um, so we've got in Exodus 32, when the people saw that Moses delayed to come down from the mountain, the people gathered themselves together to Aaron and said to him, up, make us gods who shall go before us. As for this Moses, the man who brought us up out of the land of Egypt, we do not know what has become of him. So Aaron said, take off the rings of the gold that are in the ears of your wives, your sons, your daughters, and bring them to me. So all the people took the rings. And of course, we, we have him making the, the calf. And uh, God tells Moses what's going on. He says he's going to destroy him. Moses intercedes. He goes down to the mountain. I'm wanting to find, okay, yeah, verse 21. Moses said to Aaron, what did this people do to you that you have brought such a great sin upon them? Mm -hmm. And Aaron said, let not the anger of my Lord burn hot. You know the people that they are set on evil. For they said, make us gods who shall go before us. As for this Moses, the man who brought us up out of the land of Egypt, we do not know what has become of him. So I had said to him, let any who have, t have gold take it off. So they gave it to me. I threw it in the fire and out came this calf. You know, here, right. here is Aaron. He is absolutely pleasing the people. He yeah. is fearing the people. Wants to please the people. Rather than fearing God, mm -hmm. rather than pleasing God. And so now we have the sin at Sinai. Paul is trying to point out, I'm not committing the sin of Sinai. Mm. I'm not pleasing the people. I'm not allowing ple people to turn me away from what God has said. In fact, let me tell you, I received this as a revelation of Jesus Christ. This is God's gospel. Mm -hmm. The one true God has given his one true gospel, and anyone who distorts it is cursed. And what Paul is saying is, I'm not going to please people. I'm going to please Jesus Christ. So we see a, a failure in Aaron that in the moment when courage was required to stand for God and truth, he, he was afraid of the people. He sought to please the people or mm -hmm. curry favor with the people. And Paul's not going to make that mistake. Right. So I, kind of with that, it, it draws me back to verse 10 of Galatians 1. For do I now persuade men or God? Or do I seek to please men? For if I still pleased men, I would not be a bondservant of Christ. That's a fascinating idea to me that what pleases men will run contrary to the service of Christ. Yeah. And Paul had to decide and settle in his heart which way it would be. He's going to serve Christ. He's going to be a bondservant of Christ. As we've read this over and over again this week, one word 
really jumped out at me that I hadn't noticed before. In fact, I, I think what you just read shows that it's also in the New King James. He says, if I still please men. Is that mm-hmm. there in the New yep, King James? Yeah, sure is. If I, I still please I've, men. I've, I've, I've missed that because what that seems to imply is that there was a period of time when that is what Paul was doing. Oh, yeah. He was attempting to please men. I'm not saying he was insincere as in his worship for, for the Jews, you know, when he stands before the council, he says, I've had a good conscience before God That's my whole right. life. So I, I don't want to take away his sincerity. But even here, Paul is admitting that part of that worship had been about, and, and part of that pursuit had been about pleasing his fellow Jews, his fellow Pharisees, his his family, his ancestors, and his present compatriots yeah. in Judaism. Well, he's in a, a leader and the popular uh, direction of the movement, if I could use that kind of language. I go back to uh, the book of Acts when we are introduced to a Saul of Tarsus, and he seeks letters from the council. He seeks written permission and authority to go travel and and basically lead an inquisition, if I can use a, a bit of an anachronistic term, but lead a persecution of the Christians. He's going to root out Christianity from all of these Jews because they realize these Christians have gone out and are corrupting Jews in other places, right? And that was pleasing men. The Sanhedrin are like, this is our general here, Saul of Tarsus. And, you know, talk about talk about a, a Hebrew of Hebrews and a Pharisee of Pharisees. He's, he's going after the heretics and he's going to drive them out. And absolutely that's going to bring him prominence and popularity. And and that's not to go against insincerity. It doesn't have to be him playing a game. But, I mean, to be the hero in the just cause, you're pleasing men. Of course, it wasn't just. It was kicking against the goads. It was going against the will of God. It was, it was all wrong. He comes to see that. He says, if I'm still pleasing men, I wouldn't be the servant of Christ. In other words, he, he says, look, Galatians, if... If it was men telling me things and changing my mind or pushing me in a different direction, well, I wouldn't have become a Christian to begin with. If if I were if I were about pleasing men like I used to be, I would have just stayed yeah. among the Jews. And he goes on to talk about how he was advancing among them. I mean, he was he was becoming popular and right. important. And he gave all of that up to become a disciple of Jesus Christ. He says, I, I don't know why you guys would think that I would go talk to some men and they would change my mind or, or cause me to teach a different doctrine or a different gospel. He said, I, I've never done that. It's always been, you know, I, I, excuse me, not that I've never done that. I was doing that as a, a leader among the Jews. But when I gave that up, why would I go back to that kind of approach? Well, and think about it this way. Not only is he foregoing accolades and social you know, progress up the chain in leadership and notoriety, but what he was taking on then was persecution. He was the one leading the persecution, but uh, persecution from Jews and in synagogues, that didn't stop just because he stopped it, mm-hmm. or you know, personally practicing himself. Basically, he switched sides, and the hunter now becomes the hunted. Mm-hmm. You know, it, do I want to please God? Do I want to please men? And we can think of pleasing men in the sense of, you know, they're appreciating us, or it could just be, uh, you know, not getting beaten, not getting persecuted in, in other hardships. Okay, full circle to yesterday. Do you remember? I, I know, you know, it's been who knows how much time since then. I, I, you, know, you may have slept since then. Maybe. 
Um, do you remember how you started that? We, we finished the reading and your first. Oh, excellently. Well, you did start it excellently. <laughs> you're, you're pretty amazing. But we, I, I read the scripture and you had a reaction to it. As we were talking about being a curse, you said, doesn't that sound kind of. Exclusive. exclusive. Yeah, you remember yeah, that? Yeah, I do. It's coming back to me now. And, and we talked about the fact that our culture doesn't like exclusivity. No. So here's the thing for today. Uh, you, you know, Paul there was talking about pleasing people, and it had to do with going back to Judaism and adding it in. Yeah, Judaism and adding it into the to Christianity. Yeah. Here today, if we wanted to please people, what we could do is well, we could make the gospel less exclusive. Mm-hmm. We could make it yeah. more inclusive. Yeah. We could say things like, look, the heart of the gospel is just loving people, just loving them, and it doesn't matter how they live. Uh, we could make it a universalistic gospel that everybody yeah. is just saved no matter mm-hmm. what because God just loves everybody. We could uh, we, yeah. we could take the exclusivity away from it, but that would be pleasing people. Yeah. And what we're supposed to be doing is pleasing Jesus Christ. There is a great temptation for uh, preachers and teachers to want to please people. You know, I, I guess we've perhaps vilified Aaron a little bit, but I will say that Timothy is warned that uh, plenty of teachers, Christians will find, who uh, you know can scratch those itching ears and tell them just exactly what they want to hear. There's always somebody around to do that who will please the people. Yeah, yeah. We need to go ahead and wrap up. Let's go ahead and end with a prayer. Holy God, we want to please you. You know, obviously, obviously, we're not trying to upset people, and we don't want to turn people off. We want to draw people into your kingdom, but where people will push against you, Lord, give us the strength and the courage to please you instead of them. Give us the strength and the courage to strive after your will instead of the will of those who are around us. Let us not distort your gospel. Let us not make it an American gospel or a modern gospel or a postmodern gospel. Let us continue with the one true gospel that is the only one that rescues. And because of that, may we rescue people, even those who are not pleased with us at first, but that they can hear it and be convicted and be drawn to it. Lord, thank you for rescuing us by your son Jesus on the cross and through his resurrection. It's through him that we pray. Amen. Amen. Thanks for talking about the text with us today. I'm Edwin Crozier, and I'd like to invite you to join the Christians who meet on Livingston Avenue in Lutz, Florida, this Sunday for our Bible classes and worship. You can find out more at christiansmeethere.org. Check out our daily written devotional that goes along with today's episode. You can find a link for it in our show notes. Michael Eldridge sang all four parts of our theme song. You can get more from him at acapeldridge.com. Please remember to subscribe, rate, and review Text Talk in your favorite podcast app so others can find it and learn about it more easily. Have a fantastic day. Steady, pass the word along. Onward, forward, shout aloud, Hosanna. Christ is captain of the mighty throne. You know, Ed, when I I read the uh, title for the blog post today, and I guess my eyes were playing tricks on me, but I I read it and I thought it said, please, Christ, not people. (laughs) And I thought, boy, haven't we all had days when we've prayed that one. I I can't wait to see how this goes, but... But that's not actually where the comma goes. That's, that's not, not, yeah, that's that's not what a, you're saying there. That's, is that's, that's, that's a different all, comma. That's a different like, comma. Please, Christ, not people. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. Well, that's a good message, too. <laughs>